Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 92 of the Zus Show. It's been such a long time. I've missed you all, and I've missed you know, producing podcasts or content or whatever you want to call it. I, I miss, I miss releasing episodes of the Caesar show. Um, you know, it's nice to be back in and I'm excited because I haven't released an episode since August the 28th. Uh, just to fill you guys in to, to, to paint the picture for you guys. I actually decided to take my talents over to Los Angeles, the city of dreams. Uh, I just decided that, Uh, This would be the next chapter in my life. You know, hopefully I can go on to expand uh, this podcast, get back into film, get into acting and just do things that I've always wanted to do, given uh, the opportunity at hand. So I just had to, you know, say effort, you know, Um, at the end of the day is just like, would you rather do something you love and fail at it, give your all or would you be stagnant in your life and let these days go by. And then once you, once you blink, you know, you're older and you just wonder what if. So, um, you know, it took a lot of, it took a lot of confidence to do it and the willpower, but, um, thank God I do have that strong support system and, and I'm here now. So, um, a lot of the, a lot of podcasts are going to be done remotely. So I hope you guys enjoy that as well too. Um, and, uh, yeah, just to, rehash you guys i mean like i said it's been since august the 28th since i recorded my last episode because i was just relocating and waiting on equipment to come and whatnot so um on episode 91 of the season show it was me and no other than my co-host traded xxiv um and we recorded um our last in-person interview not interview podcast rather and uh you know we talked about um Jacob Blake shooting, NBA players boycotting, the first round impressions, and much, much more. And obviously now it's the, uh, you know, middle towards the end of the conference finals on the East and West. So I'm excited to get into today's hottest topics. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for my boy, for my co-host, for my day one, Trey Day XXIV, what it do, baby, What's up? What's up, y'all? Welcome to episode 92 of the Caesar Show. You already know it's your boy Trey Day all day one take Trey Trey five as you already know. Two, three, oh, you know what I'm saying? But uh nah, I'm really happy to be back with you guys, man. Uh whether it be physically, digitally, however you uh choose to consume and, and, and be with us today. Uh really happy to be here. What's up, brother? What's up? Nice man, nice man. You got your wine. Let me let me see what you got today. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I got a little. It's, it's the protein shake. It's the protein <laughs> shake. And like and like we said off off air and in in our in our other endeavors, uh, pretty much just you know using the energy uh that 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 I have been you know kind of spending on other stuff, worrying about other stuff, worried about the world we live in in a way, um, just to kind of you know take care of home base a little bit, you know, on on the on a four day workout schedule out of a seven day week. Uh, but also kind of doing the stretching and, and the cardio on day five, as well as like the self-care the other days. So I'm really paying attention to what I put into my body. I've changed my diet up. I'm not doing fried foods. Uh, well, that's another thing we had to talk about. I'm not doing fried foods. I'm not doing um, any rice, any cheeses or nothing like that. I'm doing quinoa, <laughs> which I learned <laughs> that is is all right with me right now. So I'm doing quinoa, a lot of chicken breasts, a lot of greens and, um, you know how you like you like kill your abs sometimes in the gym, and then you like, yo, I'm not getting these abs. And you like you look at it, 
but I realized that a lot of it's really diet, bro. It's really diet. So I'm, it's not really a paleo diet, but it's kind of, it's, it's, it's a form of it. A lot of fruits, uh, veggies and, and, and meats. And then of course some grains here and there, but nah, man, I'm getting to it, bro. Really, uh, you know, taking care of self like we all should definitely with everything that's going on. Yeah, man, I like the the new routine that you get into. You're building a very, very strong habit, so I'm proud of you for that as well, too. Um, yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to you know find my way around things as well, too. So obviously in, in VA, the gyms are opened up. Um, around where I'm at in, in LA, they're pretty much closed. Only outdoor gyms are um, open. Obviously, like I told you off air. I don't get my car until next week. So it's more mm-hmm. so just been going on jogs, um, being at home, doing push-ups, doing sit-ups and doing like some calf raises and whatnot. So nothing too heavy. Um, I think it should be open up in a couple of weeks. So I'm excited to get to that. And I'm just excited to explore. Um, the weather's really nice over here. Uh, I guess the only exchange is the after effects of fires. And like I told you off here, I actually went through my first earthquake, which was kind of shocking. But at the same time, I'm kind of numb to it in that regard. So um, it's been pretty interesting, but I've been meeting a good amount of people. Um, so, um, so networking has been going pretty good as well, too. So uh, literally just taking it one day at a time and, uh, okay. you know, trying to trying to be trying to be the best version of myself. And what's cool is now that I'm on West Coast time, I still have that East Coast mindset. So. When it's you getting like up early like right now i'm like all right it's four i'm getting up earlier now i'm getting the most out of my day so by the time yeah. it's really like seven eight o'clock pacific time i'm pretty much done with my day and i'm just relaxing Sheesh. so i like i like to it, it feels good to you know be working a little harder than i was too and you know when you're in uncharted territory you kind of have to carry that um on you yeah i like it man i like it man so uh, you definitely got to come visit soon. So um, we I'm definitely going to set that up. I'm, I'm excited when you come. Got to show you around the city as well, too. So I'm there. Um, I'm there. Yeah. But you, you ready to get into today's hottest topics? Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Let's get it. All right, cool. So one thing I wanted to bring up, and it just would not sit well with me if I didn't bring it up, was um, Breonna Taylor. Once again, RIP to Breonna Taylor. But some news. Uh, breaking news came in a couple of days ago. So only one of the three officers who killed Breonna Taylor has been charged with the crime and none of the charges are related to her death whatsoever. Um, so once again, the state has denied that black lives matter by failing to hold law enforcement accountable as well too. Um, you know, everyone who's been following this, who's been a part of the movement, um, we all felt that as well too. And I just feel upset because you know, I have a baby sister, I have a younger sister, and, I, and and one day I plan to have kids as well, too. So um, it just sucks because that could literally be anyone that we identify ourselves with. And for them to not, you know, uphold their end of the deal, it, it kind of paints a picture of how, even though this movement is going on strong, we have so much work to do as a nation. So um, literally just got to take it one day at a time and um, you know, hopefully things can get better moving forward. But, you know, me, I, I love to hear your takes on everything um, on a on a spiritual level, mental level, <laughs> or anything that deal, that's dealing with social issues and whatnot. So uh, what are your thoughts on um, the verdict and, and, and the current state with everything? Um, first off, rest in peace to Breonna Taylor. Um, uh, rest in peace to Breonna Taylor. Um, and I'm gonna travel a little bit as I as I talk about this, brother. Go ahead, uh, rest man. In, Go ahead. 
Yeah, yeah. Rest in peace to Breonna Taylor. Um, and, and and the biggest thing with it is, um, the biggest thing for me with it is that I don't know. I think I think a lot of my takes for this one, I should probably let you know about it off air. You know what I'm saying? Okay. That, okay. That, that that's a little bit of a of a, of a deeper one. But okay. like I was saying earlier, that and and it's partly we know we should really come down and we should really uh focus on you know individual sanity in in these times and individual uh you know just just energy in this time because there's going to come a point where we have to we have to have to give that to the group and you know we have to do it on a daily basis we have to look out for each other and stuff like that but if you're not right on a personal stand from a personal uh, standpoint, from a personal metric, it's going to be really hard coming down the stretch these next two. And I just think uh, the well-being of each other individually and the group well-being, we just got to be ready for it. So we should be treating ourselves healthy as a group healthy, um, and, and one at a time, really just you know taking that time to to care for self. Yeah, I agree with you as well too. And um, you know, just to reiterate, you know, we have to encourage each other. Um, because it's kind of like a domino effect. So we have to encourage each other to um, vote. We need to vote more than ever. Our, that's how our voices are actually going to get heard, uh, logistically speaking, as well, too. Um, so it kind of makes me think as well, too, like with the whole bubble experiment, obviously, um, you know, starting off, people, you know, had some, you know, differences. Like, for example, Kyrie Irving basically saying, yo, if we, if we essentially go to the bubble, that's distracting everyone from what's going on. Do you think in a, in a sense that the bubble is a failed experiment or do you think, I mean, things like this happen regardless. So we just have to stay the course because nothing, no change doesn't happen overnight. Um, I'm, 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 a, and I can't find a word for it, but I'm not quick anymore to say stay the course mm. in a race or a system that wasn't designed for us to win in the first place. Yeah, and, and and that's what I'll that's what I'll say on that. Like I said, there, there's there's deeper topics to dive down into, but we when we say stay stay the course, um, and and the irony the irony doesn't doesn't get lost on me. The irony of her verdict coming years and years after the Emmett Till verdict and stuff like that. Like at at a certain point, you know, fool me once, shame on shame on you. Fool me twice three times, so on and so forth. You know, I love to say it, but I, I, I can't be quick to say, let's stay the course on a race that wasn't meant for us to win in the first place. And that's how I say it. And I, and, and I would be open to, to different options on doing things because kumbaya not going to work forever, yeah. unfortunately. Unfortunately. I mean – and and and, I, and I'm powerful in, in faith and spirituality, and I believe that people around me are too. But um, I can't I can't you know lean to the to the side of insanity. If it doesn't work a couple times, we're gonna have to change something up. Yeah, no, I definitely feel you, man. Um, and and I agree with you as well too. So um, yeah, literally just gotta take it day by day and. Um, hopefully change does come as well too but yeah you're right it's a, it's a little different when this system is set for you to not succeed so we'll Those see are. how that goes as well too so um you know shout out to well not shout out prayers to brianna taylor and her family um another lost one another failed attempt but um 
you didn't die in vain. You know what I'm saying? We're going to keep this movement uh, moving forward. And, um, you know, we'll just see what happens from there. Um, yes, sir. But, yeah, I want to take some time to, you know, just bring it up as well, too, because I wouldn't feel and, right if I didn't. As we as we take our moment of silence, I'm just going to, you know, make a black screen over my, over my uh, camera just to, you know, kind of block that out. So when we do that. Say black it out. Yep. All right, we can black it out. How you doing, brother? Doing good, man. Doing good. Uh, yeah, I, I just want—I wanted to make sure we we actually took that second and really, you know, and we say moments of silence and stuff like that, but we really just need to. It's it's very important. It's very important, you know. Yeah, I agree. And with you, man. Am, am I good on this side? And not too much noise and stuff. Am I good? You're good, bro. You're good. All it's, right. it's a remote podcast. I, I've been seeing <laughs> podcasts now remotely, so this is this is great. No, I, I can't. I can't wait to uh, to share all the behind the scenes stuff with you uh, once we finish <laughs> this one because it's, it's funny. Let's but let's do it, bro. I'm ready. All right, cool. All right. Um. So before we even get into um, you know, the conference finals, you know, it's it's midway towards the end as well too. Um, I want to bring up a couple of different things as, as well first. So first and foremost, um, shout out to Billy Donovan. Um, you know, like I, like I said, I thought he he should have been one of the people who been who should have been uh, coach of the year as well too. Um, and uh, you know, he finally got a new job, and um, he's going to be the coach of the Chicago Bulls. So how do you feel about that? I know. You you like, I'm sorry to cut you off too, but I just, you know, when you write, I got to give you your props, give you your kudos, sing you bottles of wine. So, and maybe I'm, I'm doing it prematurely, but how do you feel about it? Cause you know, I was like, Oh, we should go to Philly, whatever like that. But you were like, nah, he's going to the bulls. What you, what you think? Is it going to be a successful process? Um, Yeah, I think it's going to be successful. I mean, if you look at wherever he's been, um, he's, and he's, he's had a winning culture, winning, he's been in a winning environment as well too. So, um, with young talents, with the young talents, so obviously he did at Florida, uh, won two back-to-back championships, went on to the NBA his first year, went to the conference finals with KD and Russell Westbrook. Um, so he knows how to not only have that dynamic between superstars, but he seems like he's a player's coach and he knows how to relate with the players as well too. He's had those superstars um, and he's had to rebuild in a way with OKC. Um, mm-hmm. And then he's also had to, you know, have Chris Paul as well, too. So I think with him, he's already kind of proven that he can win with top tier talent. So I think with him, the new challenge for him is trying to essentially get in a, get an historic franchise and try to, you know, basically start from the bottom and, and get them competing again. I mean, you know, they should have a high draft pick and they already have some good players on that roster as well, too. So I think he's going to I think he's going to already have that respect demanded by the team. 
Um, yeah. And I think he what signed about four years as well, too. So um, with the East getting better, um, but still a little bit weak as well, too. They're more so top heavy. Um, yeah. Who knows? The sky's the limit. I think uh, – nothing's going to happen overnight. I know I kind of say that a lot lately, but I think within like the next two years, we're going to see vast improvements um, and we're going to see them, you know, try to get that six through eighth seed. Uh, But what are your thoughts on that? Uh, No, I think it's, uh, I think it's dope uh, looking at it, you know, on a, on a deeper level. I was like, all right, cool. This, this makes a lot of sense. You know, the players he, he has though, what is it? Uh, Kobe White. Um, yeah. Kobe Zach, White, Zach Martin, Levine, Levine, Otto Porter, yeah. Wendell all, all those guys. Yeah. And it, it leads me to two things for, you know, for, for their ultimate success. I think, you know, they could yeah. play one of those scrappy teams like, like the, uh, like the OKC was, you know, really just a team that maybe finds maybe a veteran leader and uh, that, that, is, is kind of bouncing from contract to contract possibly and gets in there and they just start moving their ways up in the polls. And it's like, yo, it's just, it's just a hard team to beat. You know what I'm saying? That's what OKC was. They were a hard team to beat. They were always competing. That's what it was. Uh, so it could happen like that. Or, you know, if they went the super traditional route, which now that I'm thinking about it, it they probably won't do. They'll, they'll probably find, again, like they'll find a player. But if they went the super traditional route, you have some trade pieces get you some a guy that, you know, can be a catalyst for that team and keep it going, you know, and, and, and yeah. keep it going. And keep keep your, you know, your perennial stars that you have, but trade some of that 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 extra uh that extra talent away and, and get somebody that, you know, you can rely on night in and night out and kind of run it like the OKC with Chris Paul and stuff. But uh I think it's a good move. Coach Donovan's been successful like you said. And uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it, man. A reemergence of of the East, definitely a Chicago team would be really good for the league. Yeah, I think um, you know they won 22 games last year, so I wouldn't be surprised if they you know have an incremental change and go up from you know 30 to 35, um, you know as well too. So yeah. uh, we'll definitely see you know how that happens um, as well too. Um, so moving on from there, man. Uh, <sighs> I have to say that um, Kawhi Leonard is no longer the best player in the NBA. <laughs> um, I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, Clippers had that meltdown, and um, it was pretty sad. Uh, Who is was the very, best player in the NBA? Sad. LeBron James. Jamal Murray. Huh? <laughs> LeBron James, man. Um, I've been tweaking the last year and a half. I'm sorry, Bron. You've been injured, and um, maybe I was just on a super high with uh, you know. With uh, with Kawhi, but um, it's all it's all good, man. It's all good, and uh, you know we'll see we'll see what happens um, moving forward. And I just feel like superstars in general just have to go through um, a tough time. I feel like he never really went through that because he was he went through the coach pop system, won a championship, Finals MVP at a young age. Obviously, he had a little you know leg problem that derailed him, but he came back. And then won another Finals MVP, and then this year, you know, you have him as a favorite with the with the depth, the coaching staff that the Clippers have, and how he's in his prime right now. You you had him at least getting to the conference finals, and for him to uh, not perform in Game Seven along with uh, Pandemic P, uh, it just kind of sucks um, to be honest with you. So uh, we'll see <laughs> how that um, unfolds as well too. But uh, 
He was yeah, welling. I, I think I think it was good, and it, and it kind of kind of highlighted how we how we essentially how we don't hold other players of his caliber to a higher standard that LeBron James is on as well too. It's actually it's hard to do so. It's hard to the do consistency so. is ridiculous. We've never yeah. seen anything like this. And like that's the thing when you like you know when you and I I'm not gonna use the derogatory term, but uh, you know when you are like going up taking up caping for LeBron. Uh, there's a lot of variables that can be thrown his way, and there's a lot of oh he didn't do this, he didn't do that, but he's only not doing this and maybe not doing that because he's the only one putting himself in a position consistently year after year to to either have even have the option to to win big or lose big. You know what I'm saying? So so when you start bringing other people into the fold, <laughs> and I'm not saying Kawhi's not great, but but you know as it keeps going up, as as the train keeps rolling, you know. It's like training camp. People start dropping off. It's like, you know, yo, there's going to be 100 of us here. But at the end, we're only selecting 25 people. And people start dropping like flies. It's, you know, the the curriculum, the leaps and bounds, the tests, the gauntlets get more and more. And as, as you start to shift, as you start, you know, get get the bad stuff out and, and strain a certain stuff, then you got the whole, the good pieces of what you want at the end of it. So that's what we're, we're realizing it. We're realizing it, and it's like, oh, you know, or yo, like, and you can you can make any argument. Oh, LeBron had this, LeBron had that. He had to have a team with him. He's the only player that the stakes are high or the stakes are super low, you know. So that that is what it is. Put your LeBron cape on if you want to, or you can put it down. But either way, it's going to be a hard argument with LeBron James in it. Yeah, for sure, for sure, too. And one thing I I start to realize, I'm like. I mean, you can point to Paul George not being consistent. You can point to uh, the lack of chemistry that they were able to develop. Um, you can point to Doc Rivers not necessarily making the coaching adjustments. But if you want to declare essentially subliminally that you're the best player, you're the king of L.A. and whatnot, then you're going to have to take 99% of that blame or at least majority yeah. of that blame as well, too. So yeah. it was it was good for him because I feel like this was actually the first time that he um, had pressure on him to you yeah. know, perform at an all-time high level. And you, you, you when you think of certain players like a, like a KD, like a, like a LeBron, even Kawhi as well, too, you really don't see them not being consistent when it matters most. So that was interesting to see as well. But one thing that I kind of learned was, do you think, because he improves in everything every single year, I don't know if it's just his personality, but do you think the next evolution of Kawhi is to be more demanding of his teammates vocally? Because we have certain leaders, and obviously with him he leads by example, but do you think he has to add that in him, or that's just how he's built? Um, I think he's built because like especially that. because especially especially sorry for coming up, especially like being in the bubble when you don't have that extra energy from the crowd. Yeah, you need that person that you can lean on. Um, that's going to be on the court with you, and I just feel like every other superstar for the most part has that in him, but I don't see that in him. Um, I think for Kawhi that you're really gonna um, you're not gonna see that. You're not gonna see that even like we, the Raptors last year. Um, he had Kyle Lowry, who was like, you know, the vocal leader, probably the leader of that team. And Kawhi was the muscle of it, um, you know, from from a stats standpoint. But but uh, and I'm, I'm going to change locations again. 
But for the most part, brother. Sorry, there's a lot going on in my background. Uh, hey man, this is all remote. First <laughs> one know. back, so go ahead. It's it's all love. It's all love. Um, but but I don't think you can see that from Kawhi. You just you're just not. And I don't think I'm not gonna say oh because he he's a. F- and again, going back to the Toronto Raptors, he's affected the game without having to do that. It just takes you know other people doing their job. So you have Doc Rivers, who's a completely vocal coach. You have people like Montrezl Harrell on the team. You had the Morris guy. Not saying he's gonna; those guys are gonna lead the team per se, but those are vocal pieces. Kawhi comes in, does one thing: he scores for you, he plays defense, and he, he's a catalyst for the team, right? And I'm not gonna ask him to do too much more of that. Like, oh, Kawhi be vocal. You know, the dude doesn't talk. We had a kid on my team. We got to call him Silent Bob. He's one of our, one of our really good friends on my middle school team. But but this dude, and I'll say Silent Bob to keep his, his identity cool. But this dude could jump out the freaking gym. You know, for real, for real. He could jump out the gym. He, uh, like, you know, in middle school, it was like we were sixth to eighth grade, right? Down, yeah. down seven, five. And uh, if you were, if you were dunking in, in the middle school, it was like, yo, what? Bob was dunking seventh grade. Cause this was before we could play sports as a sixth grader. So we didn't know if he could dunk in the sixth grade, but, but Silent Bob was dunking in the seventh grade, but he was not talking. He was super athletic, could hoop, but dude did not talk at all. Now, are we going to knock him for not for not talking? No, it might hurt on defense here and there, but dude's still going to get his buckets. So just like Kawhi, yo, like, why am I asking him to go outside his personality for some basketball stuff? He does all the basketball stuff. We'll figure it out by committee, by coaching staff, but for all the other stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to agree with you as well, too. Which makes me go into another tangent, um, Paul George. Uh, so, you know, it's just kind of crazy how the Clippers gave up all these first round picks, gave up uh, Shy, gave up Gallinari, just to get um, Paul the, George. The guys so that were hooping. So that yeah, so they're kind of fucked in a way because they're not going to have any first round picks for quite some time. Um, yeah. So they're literally going to have to find that diamond in the rough as well too. But I'm starting to see like and this is what i love about the playoffs you actually get to see who are who who who, you get to see players who are built for this you get to see players perform at a high level every it takes a toll night bro it takes a toll night and now i'm wondering like you can do this and this and that in the regular season but when it matters most is the playoffs and if you can't be consistent then what are you doing so it's like do you think Paul George can can learn from this mistake and and be that number two reliable number two option because you can argue yeah Kawhi didn't play as well too and like I said he's gonna take that blame but like when you're not going that's when you have to lean on your other teammates your your other other star that you added in even with AD and Bron like if Bron don't got it going AD gonna pick up the slack if AD yeah. don't got it going Bron gonna pick up that slack. What's going to be the next steps for PG? And then Stephen A. Smith said there's a couple, I think about a week or two ago, he was like, yo, he's kind of afraid that PG might become Dwight Howard. So obviously Dwight Howard has the the, the more accolades, um, you know, as well too, and is a bona fide um, future Hall of Famer. But with PG yeah. he's saying in the sense of becoming the journeyman, he may be that guy who is that brand name, but yeah. – his his style of play may not translate to winning, and also he may essentially get bounced from team to team. 
What yeah. do you think about that? So essentially, he was saying that that he's the brand name, but it tastes just as good as the the store brand. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> the real life, real life, real life, real life. Um, oh, I say it. I don't say it. Um, I think for him, it's just being comfortable. Because I mean, yeah, and I guess a year is a, is a while to be with one team, but we saw what he was doing with you know the Pacers and stuff like that. Who he played with for a few years. Um, I don't see why you can't have the same kind of effect with the Clippers, just stay there, get grounded, and keep hooping. Because there are times we were like, you know, there was a time last year when we were like, yo, PG's trash. Like, you know, he's not doing too much when we face Dane. You know, we had the same sentiments kind of this year. He wasn't hitting any shots, whatever like that. But there was a time that we he was that, uh, that option 1A for the Pacers team. Uh, different league, yes, but I just think maybe it's time to stop bouncing around, and it kind of goes back to, to Dame's comments. It's like he was like, "Yo, you you know, we know who who real and who not." You know what I'm saying? You keep bouncing around, searching for a championship, and looking like that, but you know, you can't you can't hide the work. You can't hide from this. You know what I'm saying? So, and there's truth in the banter sometimes. You know, not saying that KD KPG is ducking ducking the work, but. <laughs> But but it's in some scenarios for yourself, you know, it's like transferring around in high school. You know, those those players are like, yo, you know, he went here, he went here, he reclassified, dude's 25, and he's in the freaking 10th grade, you know. At a certain point, you got to look at yourself and be like, yo, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to see what happens. And to God be the glory if he does, to God be the glory if it don't. Keep it going. You just got to put your foot down and figure it out. With, with one consistent thing. And they're low-key lucky right now they still have Doc Rivers because at least you know what's going on with Doc Rivers, you know. You understand the coaching and stuff like that. Um, only down part would be is that, yo, he keeps blowing through one leagues. But that's, that's here and there. <laughs> I, think he, I think out of all coaches, he blew the most three one leagues as well, too. Yeah. And um, I just want to say this real quick. Karma is a bitch. When, once you brought up Damian Lillard, I was like, damn, that shit yep. really came back to haunt them. One, two, three, Cancun. All of them in Cancun together right now, bro. Yep, on the so, banana boat. That's crazy. And, um, yeah, it, it just seemed like they were just never – because, like, on paper, and we saw glimpses of this, not only in the Dallas series and then, obviously – every game they kind of just they look like the superior team but it just felt like whenever Denver made their runs defensively they just weren't all together so um I, I think next year you know if they keep the roster intact I think they can have another shot at going at it because um I don't know this is just they're just too good not to get further or deeper in the playoffs as well too and my thing about you is a lot of people are saying like you know, obviously you, you're fucked with draft picks. You have Lou Williams, you have Montrezl Harrell, you have Beverly. Do you keep the roster the same or do you try to get something out of them? I don't know who or what you're going to get for th- some of those pieces. Um, what were they talking about? Uh, trying to ship, ship Trez somewhere or something like that. They said ch- trying to get Trez over to Toronto and all that other stuff. But I don't know. I'm not, I'm not to my fullest of GM possibilities right now. Um, yeah. I don't see a, uh, your jury. Uh, the GM for Toronto is making that move. You know, mm-hmm. I always think he like he's very creative in his bag of tricks and he'll have the Toronto playing well again next year. Uh, but uh, I'd keep it. The only, you know what? The thing is not going to keep that team intact 
is the personalities. They're going to have to. Personalities is a huge thing. Which yeah. From what I learned. Yeah. For, from, from looking at the headlines and, and the stuff that got out, the stuff that shouldn't have got out and stuff like that, that's going to be their downfall. They're going to have to, to blow that up because it's just not going to be gelling. Yeah. And it's going to, it's going to, it's going to be a foundational thing. You know, sometimes it's like, Oh, from top to bottom, but I feel like the guys that, you know, are role players and stuff like that, that have a problem with the PGs and it's going to work his way back up to Kawhi where Kawhi's probably not going to be happy. And as much as he loves LA, he might just be like, yo, all right, I need this, that, and the third. I'm not, I'm not going to be rocking with this team. There's another team in, there's another team in LA, in LA. Okay. LeBron James is 35 years old. Okay, the super team wasn't appealing yet last year, but it looks a lot more appealing now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so yo, yeah, better, he should have just went yeah. to the Lakers, man. Hey, 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 you feel what I'm saying? You feel what I'm yeah. saying? You feel what I'm saying? I, I'm not leaving LA. I love LA. It's my home. So we can I can do it in this building, or I can do it in this building with a different jersey on. <laughs> Bruh, and then also with the bubble and everything going on, like he probably should have stayed in Toronto. They literally just needed a superstar, a nigga that can get his buckets. Because they would have beat they would they won seven games with Boston. They would have definitely went to the finals. They would have beat the they, Miami Heat. But they they would they would have gave the, the Lakers a damn good time. Yeah. They got everything they need for A D. They got bodies for Braun. They have depth. They have a great coach. They just have one missing piece. So it's like, damn, it kind of makes you wonder, man. It kind of yeah. makes you wonder. So um, anyways, I'm off that. Uh, another thing <laughs> that I wanted to talk about as well, too, is um, what do you think we have to do with the MVP award? Because obviously, you know, some people argued, even LeBron James argued, like he, he, he didn't take any credit away from Giannis. But in the same sense, it's like with these voters, y'all only going to give me 18 votes um, out of 100 plus votes. Like what's good with y'all? Um, so do you think that the MVP or the regular season awards should be handed out before the playoffs start? Or do you think they just need to have a whole revamping um, and change some of the words or some of the awards around? So for example, with the MVP, do you just do best player of the year award or, or what do you think about that? Um, I think you could tweak it a little bit. I think you could like, you know, maybe go a little bit further into the playoffs for your deliberation and stuff like that. But to my understanding, uh, because it's just weird, like Giannis gets the MVP and he's not the last man standing. You know what I'm saying? LeBron is still there as well, too. So it kind of validates, like, yo, like, I'm clearly the best player and the most valuable to my team. But, uh, well, yeah, sorry for cutting you off. Go ahead. Nah, I mean, the thing is, unless they change it drastically and it could become, like, a campaign thing that's not based off stats somehow, some way, if they, if they drop the ball. But honestly, bro, that's a reflection of our culture. You know? We're we're prisoners yeah. of the moment. We Always love to hate. We, we once once we we love the guy until he's on the top, and then once he's on top, we hate him. You know, it's crazy. And we bet we bet against him. <laughs> so, and uh, these people are basketball analytic people and stuff like that. But at the same time, they're part of the culture. They're just that and the third. You know, they're people just like we are. And, you know, if we're not going to – if me and you are not prepared to come in here and give LeBron his flowers and talk about him for 45 minutes each episode, I don't see 
I don't see – I mean, maybe he'll get it next year if he's playing the same way, but he'll be 36. God knows, like, 35 playing like this is a blessing. 36, God knows what we're going to see. God knows how many years he has like this left in him. It doesn't look like he stopped slowing down. But, but so – I don't see that happening, bro. It's a reflection of the culture. These awards, these kudos is about what we value. We value the next big thing. You know, yeah. if we could have, if we had seen Zion Williamson play 100 games this year, then we probably would have given the MVP to freaking Zion Williamson. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, that's where we are with it. Yeah. Now, should they tweak it a little bit? Yes. Um, but as far as just appreciating greatness when it's right in front of us, we have such a tendency to just turn and look at the other lawn and say, oh, that grass is green. Nah. Grass is green right here, but that's my that's my spill on it. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it's and it's and it's in a way it's like you you we're we're in it's twenty twenty right so so people love stories right so it's trying to find that balance between the analytics the stats with the narrative as well too so you can make a strong case for both like you said year seventeen LeBron um, you know. Lakers haven't been to the playoffs for such a long time. He's 35 years old. He's still putting up awesome numbers. He leads the lead in assists. He he's always had that knock where, um, oh, he's in the East. He can't get. Uh, it's so easy. It's 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 a it's a, He basically just, you know just skates there. It's a cakewalk. And now he's he's in the West. He's the the number one team, and they're the best team in in the NBA. And on one side you have Giannis. By the by, judging it as well too, you know. You can argue that he was the only superstar on his team and having 80 cancels out Brian. And um, you can also argue that, you know, he improved from last year and they had the overall best record in the NBA. So it's like, where do we find that balance between not only producing those numbers and having that value to your team, but also uh, the narrative as well, too. So that's always going to be something interesting as well, too, because you had a year when Steve Nash averaged what – like 16 and, and and nine or 10 and he was MVP. And then you had a year where Russ Westbrook averaged a triple double and, you know, with him, he was, uh, what they were like the fifth or sixth seed. So mm-hmm. it's a little weird how they, how they have parameters set in place as well too. So it's going to be something that, um, definitely may have to be tweaked around by the end of the day. It's like, you can't really be mad at the end of the day. You can just control. You can control. Um, obviously he wanted that. You can tell he's very passive aggressive yeah. with his answers. <laughs> Um, but at the end of the day, what do you play for? You play to win, and what do you try to win? Championship. So, in my mind, I think he's going to win that championship, and people are going to forget about the MVP as well, too. So, I think he's going to be fine, which goes into my next topic. Giannis, um, obviously, he's kind of going to be in that 80 Anthony Davis stratosphere as far as, like, his his, his contract. Um, he's going to have one more year on his contract, and after that, he has a player option. Now, I always talk about this. You already know I always talk about this with small market teams not being meant to uh, basically, you know, win. They're kind of, it's kind of like, it's kind of like with these major market teams, it's kind of like white privilege and these small market teams, they kind of <laughs> their feeder teams. Start, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so um, knowing that no one's going to really want to, based on the demographics and the standard of living, live in Wisconsin unless you get drafted there or unless you know, you're kind of in your prime, but you're not a top-tier player, you know what I'm saying, or you get acquired through trade or draft, no one's really going to come there as well, too. So I feel like what he has now is probably going to be the best he can do. If you're Giannis, what do you do? Do you take that Anthony Davis route and you flat out just say, yo, I can't get it done with you guys? Or are you like KD 
and um, you kind of keep things under the wrap. And then once free agency comes, it happens because we know eventually sometime by the time the season starts, they're going to offer him a super max. And if he says no, there's going to be a lot of people that's going to be trying to trade. If he says yes, then obviously we know that he's there for the long haul like a Damian Lillard. And obviously uh, with the front office, they had a meeting right after they got eliminated and they said essentially what we're going to do is we're going to go over the luxury tax and we're going to try to build around you for the next 10 to 15 years as well too. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I, you know, I wish Giannis would stop commenting on this, like super end up, you know, over the next 15 years, I want to be a built book, whatever like that. But even that says something to me. You know, it's like, you know, if everything he's because he sees like I think last quote I seen him is like, if everything goes right, um, I wanna be here for the next fifteen years. I think we can make it we can do that. But that's all smoke and mirrors, man. You're young and I'm not calling him younger dumb, but for the metaphor, you're young, you're dumb. I love you, you love me, XOXOXOXOX, all that like that, you know what I'm saying? You know, mm-hmm. that first holiday season, the second holiday season come around, money tight, you know what I'm saying, y'all getting on each other's nerves. You know what I'm saying? Y'all had plans to go to Cabo. Y'all ain't go to Cabo because the pandemic happened. You know what I'm saying? Everybody looking good on the TL. You know what I'm saying? People <laughs> DMing you, all that. And now you're like, yo. <laughs> yo, baby. <laughs> we need to talk about us. <laughs> so, and we know some teams that are clearly eyeing them. You know, I just, even, even for the last few, I feel like every move that, like, Golden State has made has been, like, you know, you know what I'm saying it's like it's like the like, like the uh, what you doing text and it's like oh, I'm chilling or watching Netflix. You know what I'm saying if it's not busy, that means it's low key available. So what's good with it? So Golden State, every move they've made is low key like side eyeing him like from the opposite side of the club. Uh, the Heat, who are a very successful, uh, you know, they're very successful. Eric Sports is one of the best coaches, but you know they got their like big man again and they kind of like they're kind of side-eyeing them too even with their success and it's like yo like milwaukee's in deep 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 water you know they're in deep water because you try to put the best things around them like you said that small market's not doing anything for nobody and um even look at the state the state of the country you know what i'm saying wisconsin midwest you know foreign player um and, and and that's not the most pro- progressive part of stuff like that. Laura knows what's going to happen in the next few months as far as, you know, vote, 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 vote. But Laura knows what's going to happen in the next few months with everything. So it, it might be kind of like one of those, like, sanctuary zones, per se, for, for you know, the coast, the uh, spots where people are just a little bit more attractive for people. And he might be like, you know what, I know what I said, but let me go ahead and... I feel like it's going to be a very much an AD kind of situation. He's, he's going to get the heck up out of there. He's going to get the heck up out of there. I just – I don't see it going any other way. Now, my thing is now it's like looking at all these teams right now, right, if he if he yeah. declines that option of the Supermax deal, I don't want him to be like Melo in the sense where, like, when yeah. we got to New York, the roster was pretty much gutted. So I wouldn't want to give up so many assets banking on you knowing that he's not going to resign. Why trade away all these pieces when I know you can come in? So that's yeah. sort of a little thing I'm concerned about as well, too. But I'm, but I mean, looking at it, what's I his feel contract? Like the best option, um, like how much is he paid? Well, when's it, when's it up? So he has technically two years left. So mm-hmm. when the 2020, 2021 season starts, 
that would be his last year um, before the player option kicks in. So this is when oh. he's last year. Um, so I think the best option for him, honestly, is to probably looking at the assets. Uh, I mean, it's going to be another super team created, but the Warriors, um, yeah. they got the number two pick. They got Andrew Wiggins. Um, so, I mean, I think that should that should be good enough because when you look at it from an owner, ownership standpoint and you being the general manager of, of the front office, it's like, do we want to lose him and not get nothing back? Or do we want to lose him and get some assets back? Yeah, you got to you you look at that as well, too. So it's going to be interesting in a couple of weeks, couple of months to see how all of this unfolds as well, too. Uh, uh-huh. Moving on from that, man, I guess we can go into the other topics before we get into the main event. Uh, Mike D'Antoni, obviously, he left Houston um, as well, too. And, uh, you know, there's rumors for him now is he may be going to Philly as well, too. Now, if he goes to Philly... Knowing his style of play, I just feel like Joel Embiid wouldn't be the best for that. So I think he would get traded. Um, if you're Mike D'Antoni, um, do you have them coexist? Or do you get the boot from Joel Embiid, get some good assets back, and kind of mirror what you've been doing and make uh, Ben Simmons the focal point? Yeah, only thing I don't understand about Mike D'Antoni is that, okay, we haven't won a championship in Houston. We're doing this style of play. Um, why not create more balance? Because you can have that facet of your offense and still have like, all right, let's slow it down. Let's really get done what we need to get done, whether it be on defense or whatever like that. And honestly, like we've seen from the Warriors, I, and I think Joel Embiid is probably one of the best big men, if not the best big men in the game. Like, yo, that, 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 yeah, that, that, yeah, that first person start their break or, you know, initiate the offense and stuff like that. Like, and you're right, and, and the Nuggets are a good – I don't want to say they're running the team. They're a very good half-court team because they're pick and roll. But why can't we have, like, a hybrid of, of that? You know, you might have to change with the times. Like, And I know it's the fast style of basketball, hybrid style of basketball, but I'm sure Joel Embiid doesn't mind the hybrid style. Only, and you can, know, you can insert him here and there because if you play chess with Joel Embiid, also, the other team also has to play chess, whether it be offense or defensively. So why can't you figure out how to make your, your – your, work and do it and you know there's rumors that you know with Chris Paul's maybe going around different stuff not Chris Paul was it Chris Paul not Chris Paul I'm tripping but I just he he has not to compromise but he has to figure out a a good medium and I think they have a good team to do so with that um other than that the other one thing I saw was Joel Embiid to Brooklyn Oh, yeah, when uh, Warren posted that joint, right? I mm-hmm, think it was Spencer mm-hmm. Dinwiddie, Allen, and what's the other guy's name? Levert for Embiid. Mm-hmm. Would you do that if you're the, uh, if you're the Nets? If Try to get a big three? You know, DeAndre Jordan's over there also. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I wouldn't do it. No. Nah. Yeah, I can understand from – I can understand, you know, Mike uh, D'Antoni trying to get greedy and trying to get it going because those are some good <laughs> assets. And, and they'll have you running athletic team, people that are going to get to the grit. Uh, you got Ben Simmons, you know, just kick the ball out, have some people around him, all that good stuff like that. And um, who's who's over there? Horford, right? Horford is mm-hmm. on the Sixers. Not saying I he, think, I think if you get rid of Embiid, then you, you can keep Horford because he can stretch the floor and he's yeah, more something for small ball. So I think that could work out. But, I mean, if, if – who you who do you who do you call the guy to discipline? The late Kobe Bryant. 
If Kobe Bryant went on TV, national television, and said, yo, D'Antoni's system will not get you a championship, like, why is this guy still getting hired? I mean, he, granted, he's a good regular season coach, but he's proven that he's too stubborn not to make the necessary adjustments, you know what I'm saying? So, uh-huh. it's just like, all right, if, you, if, you, if, you're, if you're going there, like, what is the ceiling? I mean, obviously. Because who, who did they lose to the Nuggets? Records. Who? Uh, they lost to the Lakers. Okay. Uh, it's just watching that system is abysmal. Like, honestly. Yeah, that small ball like, shit won't work. And he, and he kind of left Houston, like, in the dust. Yeah, he, so I Houston. I think he went to Daryl Morey, and he was just like, all right, like, Russell Westbrook is not efficient shooting, and what we're going to have to do is put a lot of shoes around him, so we're going to get rid of Clint Capella and add X, Y, and Z and just see how they go. And now they're kind of kind of fucked a little bit. So yeah. uh, we'll see what happens with them um, as well, too. That's uh, – that kind of sucks. <laughs> He's like, get me out of here. Get my next check, please. All right, let me get my next check. That That's crazy. Um, another question for you. You know, staying on the Dan Tony, or I guess navigating from Dan Tony towards the players that he just recently coached. Um, James Harden, obviously, uh, you know, he was a sixth man when he went to the finals. Um, he's reached the conference finals about twice as well, too. Only team that was really in his way was, you know, the dynasty and the Warriors and obviously the modern day Showtime Lakers. But is he going to be one of those players where he just can't be the number one option um, to win a championship? And then number two, what do you think has to evolve uh, with this game to, you know, take it to another level? And who are you asking about one more time? James Harden. Uh, is that is that style of play, bro? You gotta get everybody involved. Which he's a good guard, um, but you have you have to meet that kind of stuff in the middle, and you have to advocate for a team built around you that can get it done. Which does, that's a tough Rockets team. Um, but let's stop trying to do all this other you know crazy stuff, yo. You know, we could pull up the, the rim, whatever like that, a thousand points, whatever like that. Let's get some stuff we know we need. Let's get some people that can defend. <laughs> Let's get me a big a big person that can protect the rim for us. So I'm not getting banged on screens and then people getting thrown in. So we don't have PJ Tucker, even though, you know, it what he did uh help win that one game that who should have won? Who should have won? Uh it was the Rockets playing who? And we kept saying throw it into the big guy. Well, OKC? Yeah, OKC, yeah. So, so you know, PJ, is, he, he can guard Steven Adams, but he shouldn't have to. That looks crazy. Because had the right decision been made, Laura knows, you know, and, and the right time been on the clock. But, uh, you know, let's, let's actually play basketball like other people are playing basketball. We still host a hybrid league, stuff like that. But we still got to get some pieces in here that can naturally do the things we need them to do. So I'm not going out of my way to have to score 50 points just for us to win. Because, yes, that's cool. But, like, I was in the gym playing one day and somebody was telling me, I don't know, telling me, they were like trash talking me. I was having a good game. Like, yo, like, I had probably about eight or nine of our points to play to 11. My friend was like, yo, they're not going to win like that. They're not going to win like that. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'm hitting shots. I'm like, yo, and it pissed me off. But at the end of the day, I had to make a pass because they started doubling me at the end of the game, dished it. People weren't ready for it because they hadn't touched the ball. There wasn't any rhythm. You know, it was me getting my off. But you, you, you go fast, you go alone. You go far, you go together. Yeah, I like that. So 
We'll see. Um, I'm just trying to think now, can Russell Westbrook and James Harden coexist? Because your biggest asset will probably be, I think the, the assets on that team, obviously people are always going to love 3 and D players, how the game's so outside in. I mean, in, uh, yeah, outside in now, we're stressing shooting more than ever. So Robert Covington is always going to be someone that teams are going to want. Um, mm-hmm. I think P.J. Tucker's kind of proven that, he can be that piece, that glue person on a championship team. Um, Eric Gordon is a pretty good asset as well, too. Uh, but aside, besides that, I mean, that's all you got to work with. So do you sacrifice, let's say, a Russell Westbrook for a Blake Griffin and a Derrick Rose? You think that will work? It might, because that would help them with the big, I think, in today's era. How tall is Dwight? Um, like 6'9"? Dwight's 6'9", nine, six, ten, but I don't see Dwight having uh, a remarriage du- in Houston. Dwight was in <laughs> in Detroit playing the freaking 2-3 guard, bro. Dwight's not going under to be a big man. <laughs> I do not see that happen. Nah, so. Uh, I feel like. I, saying, I said Blake, though. Blake Griffin and D. Rose for Russell Westbrook. If you had a light touch. Oh, yeah, yeah, Blake. That's what, that's what I mean. I don't see Blake going down there. Uh, I feel like it could happen, but I don't know. I'm sure if that's the move that gets you all the way over the hump. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the rumblings of Greg Popovich selling his uh, house. Did, did, he, did he, he, did, he still Spurs head coach, correct? Yeah. Like to this day. Yeah, but, you know, him selling his house, whatever, like that. Who knows what the Spurs look like if. um he actually gets the chance to leave, and you have a player like Lamarcus Aldridge that we've heard rumors about trying to go back home in, in a home, I say Portland, or you know maybe looking for another place to play. Yeah, yeah I mean it's going to be interesting uh, for sure. So uh, we'll see how that goes. I mean now I guess we can actually talk about what the whole episode is supposed to be about. Yeah. Uh, I mean, first and foremost, before we get into the conference finals, like before even talking about any of the conference finals, last time we had a uh, podcast, we, I think we were talking about the first round. Mm-hmm. What have your thoughts been so far leading up into the conference finals with, with basketball in general? Um, even without the fans in the bubble, whatever thing, nah, I'm not saying it's makeshift because they put a lot of time and effort into it. It's been exciting to see, you know, is there, there been matchups was like, yo, I gotta, I want to watch this. Like, like I was talking about the Rockets and the OKC. Uh, they were good games, you know? Uh, I mean, there was what a few of the East teams got swept here and there and all that good stuff, but definitely the past, what, month month and a half with the second round game and stuff like that it's been pretty dope to watch you know we were glued to our to our tv uh the nuggets for one making it just worth the while and they're back at of course the three one uh but it's been good basketball bro um uh, it's been good sports it's been something uh distraction non-distraction whatever like that to take our minds off a lot of things take our minds off of maybe what was going on and um it's been fun to watch so I really commend the players, you know, who keep saying them like, oh, they haven't seen this. LeBron was talking about how he misses family and stuff like that. They're sacrificing, you know, for, for their love of the game and also for our enjoyment of the game and our love of the game as well. So, um, overall, it's, it's been a dope playoff opportunity to watch and the fact that, you know, right now there's been games every other day. I think they had to skip a bit the other day because, like, NFL, it was like Monday, NFL, but – it's it's been love. We've been getting it in the right doses, and we've been having rumblings about when the twenty 
2021 season could start. So I'm I've been excited about it. Yeah, for sure. I have to agree. I think um like you said, most shocked about the Nuggets coming back from two three one deficits and <laughs> with the Clippers being the team that was supposed to be the favorites, uh just folding like that. And then I was also shocked with Giannis um basically getting a gentleman sweep, which was yeah. which was crazy. And I really, really wow, love the yes by the freaking heat you know and i really really love uh that boston toronto series like that was that was kind of like old school sort of classic that we had so that that was pretty dope as well um and then it's crazy you you have two superstars and in their prime still with russell westbrook and harden basically getting swept as well two gentlemen sweep so it's interesting to see how things unfold as well too now, with the Eastern Conference Finals, obviously, in a perfect world, I would have loved to have had a podcast a couple of weeks ago trying to do a series preview like we always do. But mm-hmm. um, it's in the middle slash end of the series as well, too. And if you would have told me last week that the Heat would not only go up 2-0, but it would eventually be 3-1, I would have been like, bro, you're crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's what? just wild. Like, out of all teams, like the Miami Heat, who weren't even a playoff team last year, find a way. Uh, I think they were a playoff team last year, actually, right? They made yeah. a playoff team last year and they lost to yeah. the uh, – the, uh, I think they lost to – They were a low-seeded team. Like, there was like seven or eight, weren't there? No, I think they lost the year before last year. They didn't go to playoffs. Yeah, they didn't go to playoffs last year. But it's just kind of crazy how um, they managed to turn that franchise around um, as well, too. So, credit to Eric Spolstra. And credit to Jimmy Butler, man. He's just a winner at all levels, yeah. bro. Like he got the working man's haircut, just to like you. Know, I'm not, I'm not getting the haircut until what's done is done. What's done is done. What's crazy is like looking at the stats through the first four games. They're dead even in points per game scored at 110.3. The Heat have them by 0.5 in assists. And then the Celtics have more points in the paint, and then the Celtics have a higher three-point percentage, yet the Heat lead the series 3-1. That's just um, hard. What, what are you seeing from from both teams, and why do you think it's not working uh, for the Celtics right now? Um, well, the Heat seems to just be getting it done by committee, man. The defense, the camaraderie, freaking Tyler Hero went off for however many points he went off for, like 30. 37, something like that. Something 37, crazy. yeah. Yeah, dude's a hooper. Um, and with, with Boston, uh, again, I think I think it might be just a, a clear shot maker. Uh, who do you want the hands? Who, whose ball? Who do I want to give the ball to when we need these buckets maybe to get back down from a 10-point deficit or just to finish it up? Um, you know, Finally, we kind of saw some life out of Kimba because he's been kind of dormant lately. Um, you still have, you know, your Jason Tatum, your Jalen Bounds playing well, but I don't know, and, and it's tough, but I don't know if there's a there's a clear, like, go with the him, let's get it done person on that team right now. Even with, you know, the, the, the young guys playing very, very well, it's still tough to see, you know. And, and I think Eric Spolster is coaching his ass off. <laughs> like once he gets into a rhythm, once that machine gets going, Brad Stevens, whoever, whatever, whatever, it's hard to catch back up to that because it seems. I mean, despite the three-one deficit, when it was one-zero, when it was two-zero, it just seemed like the Heat were like taking their souls from them. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know. 
Yeah, for sure. I, d- I definitely agree. And Jimmy, Jimmy Butler is an interesting superstar because he doesn't have to necessarily be the the top tier score every single night, but just his presence alone really, really empowers all those players to perform at an all time high level as well, too. And another thing is, it, it seems like NBA players have forgotten how to how to read and react to zone. So yeah, yeah. Credit to zones coming back as well too, because that's that's been a huge thing for them as well too. Um, I kind of wish Gordon Hayward never messed up his ankle as well too. Um, and I thought Gordon Hayward was going to be that piece to help them get over the hump, just to have that extra playmaker and body on that team as well. But um, their size is killing them as well too, and it just seems like they're just being down the stretch. As far as X and the O's, Eric Spoelstra is getting the best of Brad Stevens, who's known for his X's and O's. So they're just being really, very, very, very careless with the ball as well, too. And their attention yeah. to detail is not there. And Tyler Heroes, for a 20-year-old, <laughs> I mean, he has – he's up there Crazy. with Magic Johnson. I think Derrick Rose and I forgot another player who was mentioned with 20-year-old, 20-year-old scoring that much points in the conference finals. But – um. You can't let him go off like that. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have to let someone else beat you. So it's crazy. I mean, out of the two, out of the four teams that remain um, and the two teams that are, are faced with a 3-1 deficit, if I had to choose just based on coaching and, and the caliber of players, I would give the Celtics the nod to come back. But um, I expect them to win this game tonight. Um and then from there, I think the, the Heat's going to close it out. But it is a little weird, right? Right? There's no home court advantage, and and we in the bubble, so anything can happen. But I just well, think keep right it now, a stack. Keep it a stack. That's that's the only game they lost, though, right? <laughs> the Heat. What? Uh, this last game they lost to the Celtics. Is that the only? It's not. That's the only game they've lost in the bubble. Yeah. So game game three. Oh, the Heat? No, you know, yeah. so the Heat the Heat lost one game to the Bucks. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's when Giannis, like, didn't play for the rest of the game, and they won that game. And then uh, game three was the first game they lost. So they lost two games, um, which is crazy. It's so, hard to say they're going to come back, and, you know, it's hard to say that they're going to let, let up because that's the, that's, the, that's the crazy thing about that team. The team doesn't let up, you know? Mm-hmm. Even even maybe being the underdog, it's like, nah, like, you know, it's, it's like a back alley fight. It's like, yeah. Uh, you know, he's like, all right, I'm going to go pop my trunk. What makes you think we're going to let you get to your trunk? You're not going to mm-hmm. get to your trunk. We're going to beat you yeah. right here. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, it's pretty crazy. But I, my, with my heart, I like the underdog, the underdog mentality um, and the underdog story. So going into the series where before it started, I was voting for the heat just to see something different. Uh-huh. But just logistically speaking, with the amount of star power that the Celtics had, I thought that they would be able to take care of him in six, seven games. But um, I think it's over. And now you're just like, damn, like, what do we do moving forward? I mean, one thing that they're missing is a big. Uh, it would be good to have an approval from Tice or from Cantor. Maybe you can mm-hmm. maybe you can package a Gordon Hayward with a draft pick um, to get, like, a LaMarcus Aldridge who wants to be in the winning environment. I think that would, that would be well. Um, but they definitely need to get a big and, uh, you know, they just have to figure it out. I mean, this was Kimba's first year on the fly there. Um, so maybe the second year is a charm, but I, I got the Miami Heat um, winning the series and going to the finals since the first time since LeBron James has been there. So uh, that's going to be pretty dope to see. Um, another question I wanted to ask you as well, too. I know uh, when 
the bubble was stirring up as well too you basically said that there's going to be an asterisk um with everything that happened and i kind of disagree i feel like this is probably the toughest um for them just because with everything going on and them kind of being away from society uh as well too and just trying to find that extra energy to get up for these games as well too do you still feel that way um no nah, my, my my view on it's kind of changed uh definitely uh listen to some of the katie's comments and stuff like that uh looking at it from a holistic standpoint and from just like a player standpoint uh i, I had a comment too that's like yo this is gonna be you know doggy dog this is gonna be just like you know let's put lace up and see who's the best and figure it out so and and with the societal constraints and the taxation of, of mental taxation that it takes so uh i give more kudos to the people that can withstand this bubble because you know you beat a team you're not gonna see it's gonna be less and less people in the bubble so it's weird you know it's kind of like not anticlimactic in a way for a player but in a way it's like you know you you expect there's gonna be more and more people there to view and a higher stage and stuff like that but it seems like this the stage is kind of sunken in and you have to elevate yourself up out of that, you know, spiritual, mental, you know, it's, it's, it's like, <laughs> it's Yu-Gi-Oh, bro. You know, it's, it's, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was a, it's a regular duel, a duel until they got the freaking Egyptian God cards involved and the, and the Egyptian God cards. And now we're in freaking the underworld playing for souls and shit. So. <laughs> That's what it is, man. So no, kudos <laughs> to them, man. The stakes are high. <laughs> bro brought up the Yu-Gi-Oh analogy. I like it. That, that's the one thing yeah. I like about Trey, man. He's very spontaneous with his with his analogies. I love that shit. Blue eyes, white <laughs> dragon, baby. Blue eyes, white dragon. Bring it on. Bro. That's that's hilarious. Um, cool. So moving on from that, obviously in the West Coast, you know, we got the Lakers and we got the underdog in the Denver Nuggets as well, too. Um, and it's pretty interesting, man. Denver is in a familiar territory. Obviously, they were down 3-1 against Utah. We were all shocked when they went down 3-1 um, against them. And then they were down 3-1 against the Clippers, and they found a way as well, too. This time around, I mean, I still have the Lakers winning the series. But I don't know if I've been spoiled by them coming back and we're in the <laughs> bubble. So there's just a lot of random phenomenons that are taking place right now but uh-huh. i think they can at least win game five okay. i feel pretty I, f- I feel pretty at ease right now um do you think the lakers close it out tomorrow night or do you think the the nuggets prolong it well the scary part is that the lakers have been outplayed the last what two games except for Honestly, the one last night the one last night i don't know because I, I didn't get a chance to watch it but they for the most part the one that AD hit the shot, they got outplayed. And then the one that 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 Denver won, they definitely got outplayed. Of course, they won. So it's been a fine line, you know. So all it takes is a little bit of juice pumped into that 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 Denver team. And then it's looking like, oof, you know, <laughs> because 3-1 is it, totally different from 3-2. When you're looking at it, you're like, 3-2. <sighs> and don't let it be 3-3 because – Ah, if, it go, if, it, if it goes seven games, I might have to go for Denver at that yeah. point. He's just like, yo, it's, it's meant to happen. But, yeah, like you said, the, Denver just seems like they're the team that's just been outplaying them as well, too. I saw another stat today. With the first four games, um, they're tied in points, which is crazy. Um, but, I mean, 
it's kind of hard when you have LeBron, James, and AD. Um, you have to prepare for each night. So that's one thing to take into consideration as well, too. Um, but I think the thing is, honestly, is I feel like Denver still has to find that number three option. And now, uh-huh. obviously, with with Jokic and, and with Jamal Murray, you kind of know what you're going to get out of them as well, too. But they don't have that third option. I still think it should be MPJ. Um, but we'll see what happens with that as well, too. Because even yesterday, I know you didn't really watch most of the game and whatnot. In the third quarter, when Denver went up, towards the end of the third quarter, MPJ hit a three for Denver to either tie it or go up one. They kind of went away from him in the fourth, and they kind of benched him the whole quarter. I'm just like, like, what are you doing from a coaching standpoint as well, too? And then yesterday as well, too, Murray blatantly gets fouled by Braun two times in a row. You know what I'm saying? So who's and I don't think that's going to happen the rest of the season. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to review that, and people have been talking about it and stuff like that. Definitely, I think mm-hmm. Denver's coach said something about LeBron getting his fouls and stuff like that, too. So I mm-hmm. think tomorrow's game is going to be different. I think Denver picks up game – what's this? Six? It's going to be five, game five. five. It's going to be game five, yeah. I think Denver picks that game up, and, and with the new outlook on it, definitely if they're calling fouls on LeBron James, it's going to look totally different. Yeah, uh, it's, it's definitely going to look a lot different as well, too. But, man, I really, 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 really love this Denver team. Um, obviously, like, I'm, I was biased with everything, so I was kind of – disregarding everything that they were doing and I was kind of putting <laughs> the blame on the Clippers but at the end of the such day, a hater. Denver kind of reminds me, obviously, you know, I'm a Spurs fan. They kind of remind me of like a new age San Antonio Spurs with, with Tony Parker rhythm. running around hey, and, yeah, and Tim Duncan. Just, just more athletic and just more skilled. Uh, they kind of remind me of that culture and I really love um, Mike Malone as well too and they're just looking for that third Ginobili third option type of player which I think cool. would be MPJ as well yeah. too but um, I really like them and, and and let's just talk about Jamal Murray bro like I knew he was nice I still remember two two seasons ago when Kyrie was still on the Celtics I think he almost went for 50 on Kyrie and Kyrie got mad after the end of the game. He was like, you're not supposed to try to lay it up when the game is already over. It's disrespectful, blah, 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 blah. But just seeing the the, the flashes of what Murray could be and him like growing up before our eyes is just kind of crazy, man. Yeah. Um, just talk a little bit about, uh, you know, Jamal Murray and his, uh, his level of excellence. Um, he's, he's been filthy this playoff series. That pick and roll with him and Jokic, um, everything that that he's doing for 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 that Nuggets team, you know, getting down the court, distributing, uh, picking his battles, uh, battling some of the best guards in the league, you know, uh, um, Donovan Mitchell, uh, that 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 last series. Um, so it's been like with the Clippers, so. <laughs> And it seems like he's not really being untouched. It's, it's hard to rattle him. And that I thought he was a madman. I thought the series was over, for one, when he tried to take it in and dunk on Kawhi Leonard, and it didn't go. And then for whatever reason, time keeps going on, and boom, Denver wins the series somehow, somewhere. But I just thought that was like a last-ditch effort. Yo, I'm Jamal Murray. I'm going to come and try to get my rocks off and dunk on Kawhi Leonard and, you know, say it was a good time in the bubble. And that wasn't that. That was like, yo, I'm still coming. I'm still trying to win. And that's like, yo, like, what the heck? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's wild. So 
Jamal's been ridiculous, bro. And he seems like it's not effortlessly, but he just he does it at a crazy pace. Bounce back. I saw him like, you know, just like give his hip to somebody and then retreat behind the three point line and get a smooth jumper off. And the thing is, Jamal Murray's like what like six five? Six four, six five. Yeah, I don't know. He looks shorter on the court. Yeah, he looks shorter, but he's young. He's solid guard. It's like, yo, that dude's killing it, man. And only has up to go from here. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I think he's definitely it's just so crazy because the West is so stacked with guards, but mm-hmm. I mean you can argue he's he can probably be an all-star moving forward um, from here on out as well. Too, He'll get a lot so. of votes. Yeah, he is going to get a lot of votes too. But and then I when I also say the San Antonio Spurs is like with the Spurs, they're kind of under the radar. They have they have a system where everyone gets the touches. Obviously, there's a pecking order with who's, you know, 1A, 1B, whatever, whatever, whatever. So I feel like the fact that they have this certain system intact and um, the fact that they have so much talent around them, Murray really doesn't have to go off like that during a regular season. They can kind of play at a steady pace. But then when it's the playoff time, kind of like with the Spurs, that's when you see the Tony Parkers, the Ginobili's, the Tim Duncan's actually, uh, you know, level up their style of play as well, too. So that may be something that hinders them as well, too. But I think the Denver Nuggets by next year, um, if you say they're favorites, I wouldn't be mad at you as well, too, because Bobo is not even, you know, ready. In the fold. Yeah. And PJ still has a lot to work on, still has to work on his lateral quickness, his lower body strength, still has to work on his ball handling, his post-up. So, they got levels to get to, um, and they're going to be interesting as well, too. And then Jokic, man, um, I kind of took him for granted as well, too. I didn't really think he was – I knew he was nice. I didn't know he was this nice, though. Um, I knew mean, so Jokic was really like, Yeah. And I, and I was arguing with one of my boys the other day. At first, we used to call, like, who's the best big? Because Andy Davis plays a power forward, but who's the best center? We're going back and forth between Joel Embiid and Jokic, but I have, I'm going to have to give it to Jokic right now. Yeah, definitely right now. Might have to give it to him. And and I think the key to the Nuggets winning game five is they just literally have to attack, 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 attack. Because the Lakers are one of the oldest teams, so you got to have to wear them out. And you're going to have to find – I think they're going to just have to uh, find a way to create some plays for MPJ. And then credit to Frank Vogel for putting Dwight Howard in the starting lineup as well too. Because with Jokic, he not only has to produce all that offense um, as far as getting his teammates involved and getting himself the points, he also has to defend them as well, too. So if he can stay out of foul trouble um, and actually be effective and stay in rhythm, I think the Nuggets have what it takes because they're neck and neck with them as far as scoring-wise, and they kind of strap when they have to um, in in moments and spurts. So um, I think that's going to be the key with them as well, too. Uh, What do you think? No, that's a big fact. I agree. I agree with it. But uh, who you got? Who you got winning? And then how many games, man? Uh, Lakers. Lakers will get it out of the way in six. In six? Yeah. I said Lakers in six as well, too. So um, we'll see what's good with that as well. So, uh, you know, like I said, it'll be interesting to see what happens because of the bubble. But I, I, I love the idea of with everything that's been going on, um, you know, the Lakers winning a championship with Kobe. Um, I think I think that's the ultimate uh, way to end the end the chapter of uh, the bubble shenanigans. Yes, yes, sir. I agree. <laughs> for sure, for sure. But ladies and gentlemen, that was episode 92 of the Caesar Show. 
Sorry about the technical difficulties that we faced beforehand, and I hope you still, uh, you know, gain some further insight and enjoy this episode as well, too. Episode 93 will be out uh, soon. We don't know when, but it's going to come out real, real soon um, as well, too. And I encourage you guys, you know, we've been away from a hiatus for a bit, but, you know, uh, we're going to be a little bit more consistent as well, too. Once we figure out how to uh, schedule each other, you know, it's different time zones, so it can be a bit hectic as well, too. But we'll, we'll find a way to come to, uh, you know, meet each other halfway as well, too. But make sure you guys follow Trey Fayez on all forms of social media at TradeXXIV. Yes, sir. Caesars, S-I-R-S-E-E-Z-U-S, and obviously the Caesars Show, T-H-E-S-E-E-Z-U-S-S-H-O-W, available on all major platforms. So do yourself a favor, go check that out, spread the love, and uh, we're just going to continue to keep pushing. Any last words? What's the price of a black man's life unless he dribble or he fiddle with mics? Rest in peace to Brianna Taylor. $12 million is not the cost of uh, a black woman. It's not a cost to justify um, death of a pattern of death. And, you know, there's other words that can be used for a systematic death. Um, there's not a price tag on your soul. There's not a price tag on your existence. Um, you know, love from me to you, to our fans. Um, that's all it is. Rest in peace, Brianna Taylor. Rest in peace, Brianna Taylor. And I encourage you guys to go vote and just always spread love at the end of the day. Ladies and gentlemen, that was episode 92 of the Caesar Show. And on that note, we out.